Own Your Creativity, Episode 90. This is the Own Your Creativity Podcast, and I'm your host, Elizabeth Johnston, the Story Coach. Leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors hire me to capitalize on their wisdom because most are unsure of the value of their personal experience, confused about how to be authentic, and lack the confidence to share their stories. So I coach them on how to activate their creativity and release their stories. Because bottom line, once you own your creativity, you take the lead. Painter Henri Matisse says that creativity takes courage. That's because pursuing our creativity doesn't come with guarantees. You know, when we set out on a path, we never know where we'll end up. Will it be a place worthy going to or not? That uncertainty is what makes lots of people decide not to go down that creative path. Many people today are so busy making ends meet, they don't want to risk, quote-unquote, wasting their time on non-practical things. That's one of the reasons many people who say they want to write a book never do. There are too many unknowns, and there's no guarantee that they'll find a publisher, or if they go the self-publishing route, that they'll sell enough copies to make it worth their while. And, you know, I get that fear of risk, yet it's only when we take a risk that we have the chance of being rewarded. And for me, writing a poem or just journaling isn't about being productive or producing a useful thing. It's about exploring and being playful and seeing where it takes you and then maybe those places it takes you, one of those places will evolve into something more. But that initial phase is just for the sake of the pleasure of creativity. Being curious about how something will unfold is a necessary precursor to creativity. We need to detach from the outcome if we're ever going to be truly creative. If we are already thinking about how much money we'll make and how famous we're going to be or how many awards we'll get for the book that right now is barely a germ of an idea. If we, if we think that way, we're likely not ever going to write that book. And if we did write it, it would be adversely affected by the predetermined outcome we had stamped on it in our minds. Of course, we want to have an end goal in mind, you know, when you're exploring your creativity and you say, oh, I think, I think this idea maybe has legs and, you know, I can see where it might go. You know, we do need to have a target in order to be on task and be productive and, and get that thing done. But we can't be so rigid that we don't allow ourselves the courage to create during the process of writing or doing whatever project that we're on. So creativity is about venturing into the unknown. That's why it takes courage. We need to take a risk and then see where it goes. And when we are in that process, then we open ourselves to the unexpected delights along the way. Some of those delights will change us forever. They will demand that we see things differently or reinvent ourselves. 
We never know what solutions we are capable of unless we are willing to get out of our comfort zone and let the pink elephants run wild, as artist entrepreneur David Usher puts it. Though it may seem counterintuitive, the pursuit of creativity is one of the most practical things you could ever do. It's what's going to help you think out of the box, develop critical thinking skills, and build resiliency. All skills we need to succeed in these tumultuous times of technological overload and economic uncertainty. To gain some courage in the pursuit of your creativity, I've created the Audacious Author 5-Day Challenge. How to liberate the audacious author in you, five steps to live up to your creative potential. It's a free and super fun event that begins on July 15th. You'll be amazed at the process you're going to make in just five days. So to join in on the fun, go to my website, ownyourcreativity.com and sign up. See you there. Next up is my interview with Brittany Parsons, a recovering addict who had the courage to create a new life for herself. In fact, when we think of the word go-getter, we think of Brittany. She is soulful with guts, grit, and the best smile. Brittany is one of a kind, and you will surely light up in her presence. She is an international speaker, a published poet, and a health and wellness expert. Brittany takes her message of being seen and heard to women around the world that are in need of self-worth, acceptance, and connection. She has shared the stage with Marianne Williamson, Pat Summit, Al Gore, and Tom Corbett. She has experience in the health and wellness arena as a personal trainer, certified behavioral therapy coach, certified health management, and breakthrough coach helping women to be their own hero. Over the last 14 years of coaching, Brittany has helped hundreds of women shed over 500 pounds of emotional and physical weight, increase their confidence and self-esteem by 93%, and helped women live out their passion and purpose. Here's our interview. Enjoy! Welcome everybody to Own Your Creativity. I'm really excited today to be talking to Brittany Parsons. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? Great. Thanks for asking. <laughs> so let's just get right into it. Why do you believe it's important for people to own their creativity? This is a really important question, and I really like the fact that you state to own it. Um, for me, I think it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to put yourself out there and to actually be yourself. Uh, a lot of people wear a lot of hats mm -hmm. and they also wear a lot of masks. So to own, you know, who you are, you step out of that fear and out of the shame, blame and unworthiness game, if you will, there's your poem. <laughs> um, and moving more towards the vulnerability side and really taking on ownership of courage and, when we do that, we start to really own who we are and then we can become creative. We start to play more instead of fear more. And that's something that I personally practice daily. I think it's so important what you said about, uh, you know, play more and, and fear less. And, and we've really lost the ability not just to be creative as we get older, but to play. And I think that those two things go hand in hand. So how do you do that in your in your daily life? Daily play looks like this. Every morning when I wake up, not only do I thank my higher power for raising me up 
Um, but I play with the dogs and I take them out for a quick stroll and I allow them to play and I am witness to that. And then for my personal play, I put music on and I dance around my kitchen while I'm eating breakfast. Um, and my fiance gets really upset, but, uh, he's not a morning person and neither am I, but in order to wake up and get the juices flowing, that's what I have to do. And then throughout the day, um, you know, when I'm talking to my clients or I'm about to jump on a strategy session call, I am in full play mode and I bring that into my sessions, which is a really good feeling. Cool. So how does sharing your story um, or your stories um, help you be a better leader? It allows for authenticity. And when we're authentic, people really do trust who we are. Um, and we start to build on that trusting relationship. And I always tell people it's essential to lead from the back versus the front because a lot of the times you're herding sheep. And when the um, sheep herder is behind, the sheep actually start to follow in line. Instead oh, yeah. of leading from the front where the sheep start to scatter and they don't actually pay attention to the leader in the front. Mm. Um it's, it's really fascinating. I have a healer. She will circle and circle and circle other dogs at the park. And I never really realized why she was doing it. And healers are leaders and they want everyone to follow what they're doing. And so in order to corral the crowd, mm. they circle from the back mm. and she is a sheep herding dog. And, uh, I learned that from her. So lead from the back versus the front, be authentic in who you are and build that trusting, that loving camaraderie in your relationships in order to be a more uh, powerful leader and a better leader. I love the idea of, um, you know, leading from the back because typically we have that sort of, I guess, masculine or military, you know, like, come on, let's, let's go over, you know, the, the hill and engage or whatever, but it's scary, you know, mm. they don't know what's over the, over the hill. Sure. And, and, um, and if we're going to explore our creativity, we have to know that there, there is an element of going out of our comfort zone. And so, you know, taking somebody, leading them from behind um, seems like a really sort of gentle way. They don't even know that they're <laughs> being <Right>. led. <laughs> well, and I think what's fascinating about women versus men, and this could be a whole topic in itself, but women, we fear power. And when we have it, we get scared. And yet, a man seizes power. Mm. So as a woman, when we lead from the back, we're demonstrating that we're behind you and we're going to push you as far as you could go, but we're not going to edge you on in that masculine. We're going to mm -hmm. let you graze and let you figure out your own path, mm -hmm. but we're going to lead you into the right direction versus in that masculine, it's always like, no, you have to go this way. You have to go that way. And if you don't go this way, you're pushed back into that fear. And so allowing that power to shift dynamically and allow it to be more feminine and leading from that back position versus that masculine position. I mean, talk about a great leader. Um, I was watching a documentary on TV about Harriet Tubman the other day. She led from the back 
and freed all 70 slaves that she was able to get, you know, out and uh, onto freedom. And I think that's really powerful. And she was not very well known um, until later in life. Uh, And, you know, she's talked about now in history books, but she led from the back. Nobody knew who she was until she passed away. And, mm-hmm. and to me, that's really authentic. And she stayed true to who she was. I think you're right. This whole masculine feminine way of leading could be a whole nother topic. Thank you for bringing it up. But we'll go on to our next question now. So um, what, what do you like most about sharing your stories with an audience? Um, not only does it give me a platform to help other women, but it gives me a platform to help other women see that they're not alone. So in their own personal journey and their own personal story, you know, when I share my personal problems and what I've been through, um, it's pretty powerful to watch the shift in the audience as well as uh, the feeling that people get inside. Um, I'm in recovery from drugs and alcohol five and a half years, coming up on six. Congratulations. Thanks. And so when I talk about that, um, that's a scary topic. And a lot of people shy away from telling their personal story. So for me, um, sharing all of that is also cathartic and being able to relate to other people in the audience, um, whether it be addiction, whether it be uh, disorder or, you know, anxiety, it it doesn't matter, but sharing your story really does help you connect and build again on those authentic relationships, building that trust within the audience and not just within the audience, but in real life and building on those relationships that we often lack in because our communication has become so limited. Um, And so, you know, really stepping into who I am, into my story, and I'm okay with living it all out on a stage. I'm okay with speaking the truth because that's just who I am, and and I think that that's really important and an important way to be. Yeah, yeah. And so what's the number one reason people need to attend the Fearless Women's Summit in Montreal here in August? To witness women in their bravery support and encourage one another and to be your own hero and heroine for that next woman that steps on the stage because she has a story to tell Mm -hmm. and she got there in the same fashion, same way that you did. And she fought to get herself on stage. Um, And it's also really courageous and uh, really wonderful to see women empowering one another. So I would encourage other ladies to witness people in their bravery and give them the time that they deserve to be on that stage. Awesome. I'm so looking forward to hearing your talk. (laughs) All right. So our last question is one that you get to pick from any one of these cards. So there's one here. I'm going to have to go with the Cardinal because um, that is how my grandmom comes back to me. Uh, Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So the question is, describe the color yellow to someone who is blind. Mm. 
very interesting to me because I did a segment all on the color yellow last year. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, to just to describe it to someone that is blind. Okay. I'm gonna have to close my eyes and and kind of be in their shoes for a little bit. When I think of the color yellow, um, I I think of power. I think of brightness and feeling the warmth on my face. I love the texture that it brings when I rub my hand across maybe a rug or a wall that might be painted in this color. Um, It is a color of truth. It is also a color of authenticity. It's a color of um, neutrality when, you know, we describe masculine and feminine. Uh, It is in the middle. And it's also in a rainbow. Um, And let's see. I think I think that's it. I I can't really (laughs) describe it. Um, It's it's such a beautiful color to me. I write on a yellow pad. Um, my wall is yellow behind me. It's, uh, the color of lemons, um, that are really sour and the color of the cough drop that I was just sucking on a couple (laughs) minutes ago because I have a really bad, uh, allergy attack coming on. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a beautiful color. Um, and I am very blessed that you allowed me to pull that card. (laughs) And maybe yeah. that's the start of your next poem. Could be, yeah. <laughs> Could be. Well, thank you so much, Brittany, for uh, chatting with us. I'm really looking forward to meeting you in Montreal this August. Yeah, you as well. I really do look forward to it, and um, it's going to be wonderful and beautiful weather. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the show. What was your biggest takeaway? Did you have an aha moment? What was it? Did you start to make room in your life for creativity? And if so, how did you do that? Any other thoughts you have about writing and creativity? We'd love to hear from you. You can leave a comment on my Podbean account at bit.ly forward slash the OYC podcast, all lowercase and all one word. Or send me an email to info at ownyourcreativity.com. And if you haven't joined the Audacious Author 5-Day Challenge yet, there's still time. It's been so much fun, we're keeping it going for another round. Join the fun and be part of the group by signing up on my website, ownyourcreativity.com. That's it for today's show. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, own your creativity and take the lead. Take the lead.